0: Welcome everybody to the Dope Academy podcast. My name is Mona Brown, your host, and welcome. Um, I have a show today that's like mostly hot topics, things like that. And my phone is not down. That Where's it coming from? I've been really good the last like two weeks of having my volume down, and I still messed up again. But anyway, so we're gonna cover a couple of different topics that's going on in Black culture. Um, first thing, I want to do something a little different from now on. I want to have a question of the day, every podcast and today's question, a slide is who would win in a Timberland versus Pharrell battle. Um, I want you to leave your comments in the comment section of who you think would win. Like if they went on versus who would win, because that's a crazy matchup, um, And then I'm going to give my opinion at the end, and I will count up, you know, the votes, and I'll post it later on the pages and all that good stuff. All right, so, yes, so speaking of um, the versus battle, I want to get into some battling that has been going on. So, um, my last podcast was the 16 Bars Challenge, and that was really, really fun. We had... um, A couple of different local rappers come on and do 16 bars or 16 in a hook. And it had they had to stick to a topic. Well, um, we had a lot of people signed up and some people didn't show up. But the three that did, they did their thing and it was great. Um, So I want to take what I learned from that and do things a little differently moving forward. But I plan on building it bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, If you look on the screen, I have. The second one coming up, the last prize was $100 and uh, engraved plaque with the first place winner, which was AC Paper Gang. Um, and this one, I'm gonna have a great prize as well. I just don't know exactly what it's gonna be. Oh, for y'all who don't know, the reason why I'm wearing shades is not because I got you know hit or nothing like that. But I broke my glasses like a week and a half ago, and. I'm still waiting on them to come in, and I'm blind as a bat, and these are prescription sunglasses, so I I don't look crazy. I have my glasses on. But anyway, so the next topic that's going to be for the um, August 8th 16 Bars Challenge date is Kanye West. So to ensure people don't sign up and then don't participate, there's going to be a $20 buy-in. The buy-in money will go to the grand prize, to the winner, So the more people that sign up, the more the prize will be um, added, plus what the show gives, right? Um, Also, I'm going to be very strict from now on. You have to stick to the topic. You don't have to um, be put in a box where you can't be um, innovative and creative with it, but it has to make sense, like, you know what I'm saying? So that's the only time I'm going to step in and say something in regards to the challenges because I don't vote the audience votes if you tuned in last time. But yeah, if you're interested, um, you can go ahead and just hit me on my cash app and send that to lady with two eyes living Um, and, you know, just say you want to join the battle and hit me up and DM DM me and I'll sign you up and we're just going to keep going from there. Um, Also, speaking of battles, did you all happen to catch the Soldier Boy versus Bow Wow battle? Let me know in the comments because I didn't get to um, watch it all yet because I was at work, but I caught some of it and it was kind of like cute and nostalgic. It seemed like they were having fun with it. I did see a clip of Lil' Romeo come out. Um, I thought it was Lil' Wild. Romeo said Bow Wow was Jordan because he was like, you know what I'm saying? He's the, the leader, right? And then Romeo said he was Kobe because he was trying to get to the bag and and um, Soldier Boy was LeBron because he came into the game and he was innovative. I got what he was saying, but it was quite interesting. <laughs> it was just quite interesting. So let me know in the comments for sure if you guys got to catch that and what you thought about that. All right. So we're going to get into some topics. You can go to um, C, slide C. Hmm. My dad going ponytail holder is making me have a headache. Y'all know how it is when you do that for sure. <laughs> make it 40 if you. Je- Jessica said, make it 40 if you know you from the fake. What's up, Jen? What's up, Jessica Chandler? Thank you for tuning in. All right. So the first topic is, did y'all see the Mary J. Blige My Life documentary um, that's on Amazon Prime? If you haven't, and this album means a lot to you, please watch it because I watched it today and it brought back so many memories. Um, I have a future show coming up that's gonna be um, five albums that influenced me and the whole show is gonna be dedicated to those albums. This is one of those albums. I used to go to sleep, no joke, everybody knows this, to Mary J. Blige, My Life, and Nas Ilmatic every single night um, in high school used to fall asleep to it. This album outside of this and, okay, so this and A uh, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill had the biggest impact on me um, as far as getting out of sadness, picking myself up, things like that. The documentary goes really deep into where she was at mentally, where Puffy, aka Diddy, and I can't remember the other guy's name who was, uh, worked on it, not Andre Harrell, but someone else, but she talked about they were in, they were all in really dark places because of her relationship with Casey, you know, had become abusive, and then uh, Puffy and Misha were breaking up, and the other dude said he was young and getting money, and he was just into partying, and, you know, his life was just dark. And it brought about these songs, and they, they had so much pain. Like, even when you watch the documentary, she's looking back on the songs and singing them, and you can see, like, the trauma. You know what I'm saying? You can see it. But it's a beautiful story because she's saying, when now, when she looks at how far she's come, past all that hurt, you know what I'm saying, all that pain, everything that she endured, um, it's a triumphant story, which is dope. You know what I'm saying? When I listen to My Life, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. But I'm not in the same space heart-wise as I was many times listening to it. And when you listen to it and your heart is not in that same place, it is different. Like, wow, you know what I'm saying? You can get through these things and these albums and music help you do that. So that's what's up. Um, You can go to slide D. And for those of you watching, I did advertise that I was going to have a guest host, Um. Unfortunately, we're not going to have AC Paper Gang, but my boy Ray may jump on a little bit, but he is busy and doing another podcast right now. And in the podcast world, we're often doing other podcasts, um, but he should be joining in in a little bit if he can, if the show is still going on by the time he finishes. If not, y'all just going to hang with me and we'll be cool with that. But make sure you make comments in the comment section so I can interact with you. So. Let's talk about Juneteenth. Juneteenth was um, made a federal holiday recently, and for those of you who don't know, Juneteenth is the day we celebrate um, Freedom Day in in the Black community. A lot of people outside of Texas did not really know what Juneteenth was until a couple of years ago, um, for the most part. But it's you know a lot of people always say, "Oh, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves," but in Texas and some other surrounding areas that was not the case and it's debatable in history but you know how that is whether the word didn't get to them in time or they just were purposely not told or whatever but we celebrate that June 19th okay cool so those of us who are celebrating it right we were already celebrating it okay cool it's cute that they gave us a holiday now I'm going to say what every black person was thinking. Well, white people get that day off, too. And Hispanic people get that day off, too. And Asian people get that day off, too. Okay, cool, because other other holidays, we get those off, okay. But what in that holiday is really special for us? So it, it started making you think deeper. Well, to me, personally, it's performative, it's symbolic, it's classic of what they do. They give us breadcrumbs. Um, You could say it's progress because it is a holiday acknowledging at least something um, that pertains to us. But at the same time, we have been asking for bills specifically to help our community that do not have to involve anyone else. Um, Kind of like the anti-hate Asian crime bill, we've been asking for reform and policing, different things. And what we've gotten is small victories in um, isolated areas, but no federal thing, no no acknowledgement, no big thing. We get breadcrumbs. And I felt like it was a slap in the face. Usually I take off every Juneteenth and I do events. This year I worked and it was almost like a solo protest because I kind of felt like, well, what is it like? It's cute you give us a holiday, but you know what I'm saying? We're asking for changes in these areas. We're asking for changes in the criminal justice system. We're asking for changes in um, places in Hollywood. We're asking for changes in corporate America. We're asking for changes in all types of different areas. And no matter how many times we ask for it, we say, okay, well, let's talk, have a reparations talk. Let's talk about reparations and why we're owed reparations or how this could help our community if done correctly. And it's given, well, we're going to put Harriet Tubman on a dollar bill. How about that? Or, um, you know, we, we have a problem with the police as it pertains to our community and our people dying unarmed or in situations where other people seem to be able to live through them. Well, can't give you that, but we'll give you a cookout holiday. So when you really think about Juneteenth, it's it's okay, it's cool. We were already spending money on that day. We were doing, like, little events. But now it really is going to be a capitalistic thing, almost like the pride marches now. Like, everything is about stimulating the economy and people paying for things. It's going to be like a you know celebration. We also do fireworks on Juneteenth. We're out there buying everything that's red, you know? So it's kind of, like, bittersweet for me. So I was just wondering what everybody else felt about it. Um I came to the studio today and I had a conversation with my engineer who he's white so he felt like you know it's not his place to speak on it but we speak on all kinds of topics and I was glad to hear that other people see through the bullshit cuz that's what it is. It's like cool, give me that but give me the real stuff. Don't give me appetizers, give me the entree. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's a slap in the face. And to prove that, we're going to go to my next slide, which is E. So, critical race theory. So, while there's telling us, we acknowledge what happened to the point that we want to give you a holiday. We're going to make it a federal holiday. And everyone who works for the government can acknowledge it and get the time off from work, right? And we're going to acknowledge this, but at the same time, there are bills throughout this country in almost the majority of states trying to stop critical race theory. For those of you who don't know what that is, basically critical race theory is something that kind of came um, many years ago, about 40 years ago. And when I I often say to people, race is a social construct because I really believe it is, right? And critical race theory talks about that, how it's not race, race, uh, racial issues in this country are not just individual uh, prejudices and biases. It's actually a byproduct of systemic things that have, that have been put in place and constructs that have been put in place to stimulate other areas. I totally believe that for sure. Right. Um, and the curriculum, that people want to, that that uh, racial scholars, they call themselves, want to implement is teaching the truth in history, teaching how racism has affected communities in this country as it pertains to black people, especially, so that we can have proper conversation, so that children can know the truth, and so that we can move forward, because you can't heal what you don't reveal, right? But they are trying their best to stop it, because... They feel this is this is the consensus I've got I've gathered from most people. They feel that it will make the children feel guilty and it's going to cause division amongst black and white race in America. How much more divided and division can you get between black and white people right now in America? Like I don't understand. And most of the things that would be taught in with critical I would say all of it actually if, if you are a person who knows even a little bit about your own history. We already know these things. So why would it cause division amongst people who have been told a false history? Why would it all of a sudden make them? If anything, it would make us mad and angry. We, we already know these things. We teach our children these things. They affect us. You know, we, ha- we have uh, close ties to the criminal justice system because it's very hard to grow up and not have someone there I have a brother right now serving 16 years in prison. Many of us have it. And when we go, if if you peel back most of these cases and you compare them to other people, it's totally different. Like, we experience these things anyway. So I think it's great to teach these things in school. And I think history in general, I don't care what race, what color, whatever, should always be taught in the truth. And for too long in this country, a lot of things have been... um, whitewashed or watered down um i think who was it that said uh that robert e lee i hate quoting robert e lee but i think he said uh the winners get to write the history you know what i'm talking about eric dude i don't know it's like the victors get to but but that's true you know what i'm saying yeah the, the victors get to write the history and This country is going through a reckoning, and America is changing, like, fast. It's really changing. A lot of stuff that has been allowed is people ain't going for it no more. Um, So that history is being course-corrected. And I think hiding it or trying to shield children and other people from learning about these things doesn't do anything. But I sat and watched a Loudoun County, Virginia, which is the wealthiest county, as far as I know, I think they still are in um, Virginia. It's like very, very rich. And one of the wealthiest in America, they were seething with anger about their children possibly learning (laughs) critical race theory. And that is just mind boggling to me. It's mind boggling. So one thing you get, to, you get to think about is the fact that they are angry is a product of not being taught correct history. So when you're taught false history, it's very easy to feel oppressed when people are saying, well, no, that's not that's not right. And this is what it really is. Then you you feel like you have to take a step down because all your life you've thought something else. So if we want to have people's mindsets be different later on and not really um always think no the way that i've learned and i'm superior or this this and that we have to start telling the truth about everything and and to me that doesn't just pertain to us let's stop telling kids that um pocahontas was just this beautiful native woman and was his named john smith and her fell in love and this was a great day and they cooked turkeys and i mean come on like stop lying about things that happen, or we're going to really be doomed to keep going through the same cycles. And frankly, most of us, most of us normal people are tired of it. So I just think, don't give us a fake holiday. I'd rather have the truth taught. Don't give me Harriet Tubman on a dollar bill. Tell why Harriet Tubman never smiled in pictures. Don't tell our children in school that George Washington had wooden teeth. Tell them the truth that he had the teeth of slaves in his mouth. Like, that's horrible to think about, but we have to tell the truth to move forward. And all this, like, trying to keep it hidden, it's just, it it needs to stop. That's how I feel about that one. So please, Broadway said they don't give something without taking something away. We need to protect our votes. That's very, very, very true. Um, they don't. They usually take something away if you're really paying attention. They're really slick with it, and they do that kind of in all areas in politics. It's like a sleight of hand trick that goes on. If you're getting something, um, even these stimulus checks, everybody's excited about them, but but you just wait. You know what I'm saying? There's always something. There's always a catch. All right, so let's move to F. <clears throat> this is our last thing that has to do with race, but. My, my reaction may um, shock some of y'all to this one. So, recently because of the Juneteenth events, um, lots of corporations jumped on board and started giving things to their employees like days off or vacation time or special events. IKEA um, decided to put something together, get it, put something together like the furniture So, (laughs) I'm doofy. So, they decided to put something together. They said um, they're going to have a special Juneteenth menu. They sent this out to their employees. I think it was over like 500 employees or something like that. And on the menu, they had things such as fried chicken, watermelon, um, cornbread, potato salad, greens, things like that. Okay, so what do y'all think happened? Well, there was a outrage, and there was a rack of their employees were so mad, and they called out, they stayed out of work in protest. First of all, um, I'm thinking some of them was like, oh, this is a good opportunity. I don't have to go to work and be protesting this. And I know that some people really were offended, but let's really, really talk about it. Because, like, we gotta, like, I'm talking to black people right now. Let's, let's really, really talk about it. First of all, we do eat chicken. We do eat watermelon. We often have potato salad. We, also, we often have cornbread greens. If this is not our cuisine, what should they have chosen? Is what I want to know. Because we do eat these things. And even though some of these things were used in a negative connotation to us later on, uh, it's time that we, like, stop adopting only the negative and think that everybody is coming to offend us on that. I, I'm not personally offended. You know why? Because we make the best chicken. We, mess, we, we fuck up some fried chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's dope. I'm proud of that. We got it. Put me in the kitchen next to Paula Dean. What? What? Like, we know how to make fried chicken, and I'm really proud of that, and that's part of our cuisine. You know what I'm saying? Watermelon, yes, they used to take pictures of us and put big watermelon slices in people's face and do the whole blackface thing and all this stuff. But I will never be ashamed of watermelon. Watermelon is not indigenous to America. Watermelon was brought here by our ancestors. Those were some of the, the fruits that were brought here. Watermelon is treated like gold in some places because it's one of the only fruits that can feed you and hydrate you at the same time. And that is indigenous to Africa. So it's almost to the point where like, are we really offended? Is that really offensive? Like, should we really be offended over that? Should they have have consulted with people and seen like what their sensitivity is in their company? Maybe so, but what should they have made? Like, I'm really confused. What should they have made? What is a black cuisine dish? Please tell me in the comments. Jessica said they knew what they was doing. They may have known what they were doing, but are you why are you offended? I wanna I want somebody to explain to me why you're offended about it. Because that people always say, Oh, we like chicken and watermelon. We do though. Like we really do. And I love it and you love it. Like most people love it. So even though it was used as a negative stereotype in the past. And don't get me wrong, and sometimes even now, they use it as a negative stereotype. What should they have? If it shouldn't have been chicken or watermelon on the the menu, what meat should have been there instead of chicken? And what meat should have been there instead of watermelon? Watermelon is red. For Juneteenth, you are supposed to, um, everything should be red. You're supposed to even dye the the meats, really. But you're supposed to do that. Like, what, what alternative should they have done? I'm just trying to figure out, and I'm not trying to be like insensitive to, you know, what I'm saying what we've been through. But it's I don't know. To me, it just seems like we be getting mad, but like we have to know why we're mad. Like I'm not ashamed of watermelon. I will definitely. I, there was a time in my life that I would not eat watermelon in front of white people. I remember somebody was shocked that I said that. It was years that I would not eat watermelon in front of white people because because I had only the negative in my mind. But when I really learned about it, I was like. There's nothing to be really ashamed of with this. This is dope. It's dope that they brought this over here and we now have this. Jessica says, it is, is it what we were raised on? Absolutely. But some of us have changed our diets enti- entirely, vegan, etc. That's true. Because when Susan says she can't eat what the company is ordering because of her dietary restrictions they accommodate, what should have been done was letting them vote. Okay, maybe they should have voted for that. Um, if the company, if IKEA, was black owned, would you feel the same exact way? Would you say that they should be sensitive to the people who um, eat differently? I don't. I don't think so. We might. We might have been standing at the at the little. Uh, potluck thing being like well dad they could have had something healthy you know what I'm saying my cholesterol going up just standing in line like we we might talk shit but I don't think people would have been so mad and I know that it matters who does it but it's like so from now on no corporation that's not black should ever offer any chicken items or watermelon items for any uh Juneteenth uh Martin Luther King Day, anything that they observe. Is that, um, that, is that what we're saying? I'm just trying to get on code. But this one kind of threw me for a loop because I felt like that is a traditional black in the diaspora in America um, meal. And that is what we serve a lot at our events. So I can see how they may have made that decision thinking hey, sh- cool. Now should they have included people and voted? I can I can get with that. But I just don't know what we wanted them to do. That's all I'm saying. So y'all tell me what you think in the comments about that. All right. So the last one, G. All right, man. Let's talk about Trick Daddy. Okay. Ooh. So Trick Daddy gives zero fucks. Um, I don't know what was going on with him, but he's he's one of those rappers that whenever he has an interview, I listen because I laugh for like an hour straight. If you've never listened to a Trick Daddy interview, I definitely suggest you doing that. Um. Oh, hold on. Jessica said, if they really wanted to embrace culture, it should have been a cookout, for real. Yeah, that's true. But it's also a company. I don't know if it was... A, it's, it's, they said something like, our special menu. I don't know if they were just offering it in the store or if that was for the employees. I kind of never got the point on that part, but... Not sure. So anyways, Trick Daddy um, is definitely a wild one in interviews usually. But recently, audio leaked of a clubhouse. (laughs) Um, You know, clubhouse that after everybody was on during quarantine, that's kind of died down a little bit. But he was on there and he was going pretty hard on Beyonce and Jay-Z. So he said, um, Beyonce can't sing. And Jay-Z is not the greatest rapper. He's not the GOAT. And the same reason that people think Beyonce is the GOAT is the reason why people think Jay-Z is the GOAT. And he said some things that made sense. So he said, uh, when Jay-Z stepped into that place, New York was looking for a savior because Biggie had died. That is true. I do, I do recognize that. But at the same time... Jay-Z's not trash. Like, he's not trash, and yes, he definitely belongs on a Mount Rushmore of hip-hop. So, you can say the one thing that's true, but the other part, like, he he might not be his his goat. He might not be the greatest of all time to him, but he is considered a goat. So, I don't even understand what Jay-Z and Beyonce did to him. And then Jay- then Beyonce can't sing. Like, did you not watch Bichella? Did you not watch her Coachella performance? And I'm not talking about the Netflix documentary, because that was dope. But it breaks down in parts. You know what I'm saying? You see like little parts. I'm talking about I watched it live and saw the amount of time it took for her to do outfit changes. The amount of times it took for her to go up and down, go up in the air. And tone was impeccable. Like, she can sing. She sings the way Beyonce sings. Of course, she's not singing like Tina Marie. She's not Whitney Houston. She's not Mariah Carey. But to say she can't sing like... I'm thinking somebody might need to check on Trick Daddy, like, for real. Because that was kind of a um, crazy statement. But I do see people say stuff like that sometimes. So if somebody thinks that Beyonce really can't sing, please, please, please put it in the comments and let me know. Because that is just wild to me. Um, and if you believe that, I would really encourage you to YouTube... Dangerously in Love live, it was a long time ago, like when she first came out, and she sung it at, um, I think, American Music Awards, or one of them shows, whatever it was, she had like this pretty dress on, she had the big bun with the barrel uh, curls that we used to do back in high school, and she sings, and this dove comes to her hand, or whatever, that performance, whatever that performance is, watch that and listen to her. And that's crazy that he would think that she can't sing because that's all live and it's really great. So and y'all make sure y'all answer who would win in a Timberland versus Pharrell battle, especially if you're um, watching on YouTube. If you're listening um, on one of the other platforms, you can always go to our Facebook page and comment under the watch party or go to our YouTube page and do the same. As always, please, please, please make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and share because I'm trying to get them followers up. I um, have a fluctuation of followers depending on the episodes, and I want to get it more streamlined and eventually get it just straight to YouTube um, as far as going live. We will see. Next week, we have the good guys from Ishtalk TV on the podcast, and we will be discuss- discussing hip-hop as well and different topics. I was recently on their podcast. I had a great time. It was mad fun, mad, mad fun. So they're out of, um, I think Springfield and Maryland. They're Springfield and Maryland. They kind of record both places, but Ishtalk TV, I-S-H-T-A-L-K TV. Make sure y'all check them out and follow them. They're really good guys. Um, They have really good content and they keep you laughing all week on their page because they share like all the crazy things that are happening um, in black culture in the DMV discussions, you know, men and women's discussions, things like that. Good people. So definitely tune in next week. Um, After that, the following week is the postponement date. Um, it's It's the rescheduled date for Justice for Xavier with Latoya Benton, his mother. So please, please, please mark your calendars and check us out for that. And as always, I will try to get more content for you, and I will be here next week. Thank you very much, and bye.